0: I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Wednesday, May 3rd, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes.
1: Okay, Peak Pals, for your fact of the day, 3,000 employees, and that's the number of employees that Wall Street giant Morgan Stanley plans to lay off by June. The cuts are expected to hit its banking and trading teams the hardest. Meanwhile, IBM is pausing hiring for all jobs until it can figure out whether AI can do them instead. There's lots of mixed economic signals going on right now. There's tons of hype about AI, which we talk about all the time. At the same time, we're still seeing hiring freezes and job losses. Any thoughts on the instability that we're looking at right now?
0: I think companies like using the word AI and layoffs in the same sentence. So I think this is just a right sizing of companies. There are lots of excuses to cut headcount. I think that's what we're seeing now, but it has been going on a long time. I'd like to see the reverse happen at some point soon. What about you, Brett?
1: Yeah, I think you're exactly right. There's a communications exercise in the end. First, it was COVID. When COVID happened, there were all these rolling layoffs and it was just an opportunity for them to pull back. Their spending. And you're just seeing that all over again, except we're talking about AI now. Now, whether or not AI actually does have an impact, I think remains to be seen, but you're likely right that it's more of a communications exercise than an actual theme that we're witnessing.
0: Not to be callous. People are losing their jobs and that is always hard. Absolutely. But I think big companies are using AI as a as the scapegoat du jour. But Brett, aside from all of that, what do we have for Pete Pals today?
1: For our first story, writer's strike. For our second story, an NHL team for sale. And for our last story, BlackBerry is back in the news.
0: Yeah, Speaking of people worried about AI, for our first story, the Writers Guild of America, the union representing almost 12,000 scribes behind American film and TV, is on strike after failing to reach a new deal with the Alliance of Motion Pictures and Television Producers, a.k.a. the Suits that sign their checks. Oh, no. I hope this doesn't delay the next season of, I don't know, Wrexham? Just kidding, Brett. What's going on right now? Well, we're going to talk
1: about that later, dude. I know, You're I know. Connecting I know. all these dots here. Look, so here's what's happening. Streaming has upended once-lucrative writing jobs by cutting the number of full-time roles and creating a gig economy within TV writing. Today, Streaming hits are made with fewer writers doing more work and making less money.
0: Some 98% of TV staff writers work for the minimum compensation rate, which is $4,546 a week. This, according to Variety. In 2013, only 12% of TV staff writers worked for that minimum.
1: The WGA is calling for strengthening professional standards in addition to things like increased minimum compensation and higher residuals, which are royalty like payments.
0: And here's why it matters the sweet televised content you love and crave could soon face major delays. The first Programs to take hiatuses, if that's the plural of hiatus, will be those with tight turnaround schedules like talk shows, soap operas, and everybody's favorite Saturday Night Live.
1: And if this strike drags on for several months, it will bleed into the fall TV writing season, which would delay production of the shows you actually care about. No offense to Days of Our Lives fans, but if it really drags on, it might even mess up pre-production of big blockbuster films.
0: Streamers could be better positioned to weather a strike compared to their network TV counterparts, as their shows are often produced further in advance, and some, like Netflix, have a vast popular catalog of foreign-made shows to rely on.
1: The bottom line is, the last WGA strike dragged on for 100 days mucking up film production, Production, cutting seasons short and subjecting the viewing public to some of the worst reality TV ever aired. The same fate could befall us or we could just watch more Canadian-made content.
0: I'm all for CanCon.
1: For our second story, it's not every day an NHL team goes up for sale. So interest in buying the Senators. I'll just do a quick anecdote here, Jay. My old barber used to be by the airport and people would randomly come in. He'd do haircuts for them. And one time, an older gentleman came in. He was doing the haircut for him and he said, hey, where are you off to after this? And the man replied that he was buying the Ottawa Senators. And it was Eugene Melvin. But Jay, besides my story of my hairdresser, who are the bidders right now for the Senators?
0: I'm glad you asked. What's coming down? It's going to be six prospective buyers for the Ottawa hockey team, a reported bid of $1 billion the U.S., led by Toronto-based Remington Group, a real estate developer, and Vancouver-born actor Ryan Reynolds is becoming a clear frontrunner.
1: Now, beyond being lifted by Reynolds' star power, it's a competitive bid. A recent valuation by Forbes listed the Senators at about $800 million U.S., 24th out of the NHL's 30 teams.
0: The actor is on a sports roll after pulling a Ted Lasso-style revamp of Wrexham alongside fellow actor owner Rob McElhenney, which is how you pronounce it. I learned that the show Wrexham, earning the soccer team a promotion this past season.
1: And if you're wondering why on earth a developer wants to own a hockey team, the answer partly lies in the 75 acres of real estate under the Canadian Tire Centre. The land is part of the deal, and the belief is that it would be redeveloped if the team can move downtown.
0: The Senators have been burned by low fan attendance in recent years, partly due to the arena's remote location, which can take 30 to 60 minutes to get to from downtown.
1: The bottom line is, whether or not Remington's deal is accepted, it's hard to see a deal that moves forward without Reynolds. He has done all the right things, meeting with a officials from the National Capital Commission, the mayor, and getting local business groups involved.
0: Doesn't hurt that he's so handsome, Brett. Next, Canadian billionaires Michael Andlauer and Jeffrey and Michael Kimmel, the latter are former part owners of the Pittsburgh Penguins, are also in the running. Heck, even Snoop Dogg is throwing his hat in the ring. The deadline for final bids is set for May 15th. So, Brett, you better polish up your bid. (laughs) Yeah, it's coming along great. She's going to line up the last billion. For our third story, just in time for the movie about its dramatic rise and fall, BlackBerry is back in the news.
1: Here's what happened. Shares for the Waterloo-based Elder Statesman of Canadian Tech jumped 8.37% after announcing it was exploring new ways to drive up shareholder value, which could include splitting up its businesses into separate entities. This is part of the Globe and Mail.
0: From Kellogg to GE, spinning off businesses is all the rage for companies looking for a shot in the arm. But as Ernst & Young learned recently, breaking up is hard to do.
1: But what are BlackBerry's businesses, Jay?
0: That's a really good question, Brett. Since BlackBerry stopped making smartphones in 2016, breaking the hearts of diehard fans like Premier Doug Ford and Raptors president Masayu Jiri, it has grown four businesses in in in-car software, cybersecurity, device management software, and patent licensing, of all things.
1: None of these are particularly complimentary, and out of all of them, the in-car software business is easily the best performer, delivering near-record revenue last quarter.
0: And since selling most of its legacy smartphone patents for up to $900 million in March, it can no longer sit back and reap the revenue rewards of licensing fees.
1: And the bottom line is this. Ever since giving up on smartphones, BlackBerry has become, per The Globe and Mail's Sean Silkoff, a hodgepodge of different businesses whose share price has languished for years. Splitting it up could give it the sense of direction that it's lacking. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada.
0: If you got a second, one not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review.
1: And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com.
0: Thank you, Brett. Have a good day, Peak Pals. And Brett, I'm going to end every podcast for the next little bit by saying, Go Leafs Go. Go Leafs Go.